Welcome to MBA in a Day, a brief, deep, and easy to understand place to get and apply important business concepts and principles, the same that are taught in top-tier MBA programs. I'm Professor Strausser, and in the 25 years that I've been teaching in elite MBA programs, I've noticed folks like doctors, attorneys, engineers, scientists, nonprofit executives, small business people, entrepreneurs, folks that are already well-educated, already smart, but may not have had the kind of business training that they need to be successful in their business or practice. So whether you're listening to this in your car, while commuting to or from work, on a plane, at the gym, on the beach, or just want to learn about business, let's get started with this episode's exploration of critical business concepts. Today's episode, I'll cover the notion of legal entities for companies. That is, how do companies organize themselves in a legal sense in order to conduct their business. So you've probably heard the terms corporation, limited liability corporations, LLCs, nonprofit organizations. These are all different terms and different classifications of organizational forms. So I'll go through most of these and give you kind of a thumbnail of what each of these different types calls for, maybe the pros and cons of each of them. And uh, hopefully by the end of this, you'll have a better idea when you hear somebody talk about a corporation and how that might be different than, let's say, a limited liability corporation or a sole proprietorship or a partnership. So first, let's step back a little bit in time and get an idea of how all this came about. So You know, many, many hundreds of years ago, businesses were generally performed, operated by a person who started a business, and even if that business grew, the business and the person were really pretty much one and the same, what's considered a kind of a overlapping assets, the assets of the business were the assets of the person running it and the assets of the person running or owning the business were largely composed of the assets of the business. And this worked pretty well for a long time until things got a little bit more complicated and businesses started to grow and want to expand. And so when Let's say a blacksmith um, was operating in a village and that blacksmith wanted to open up a blacksmith shop in a neighboring village, realizing that maybe the blacksmith didn't have the funds to do that on on his or her own, maybe wanted to go to a bank, get a loan to uh, support this expansion, and then when the banker would, you know, come and think about it, the banker would be saying, well, you know, am I lending my money to the blacksmith or to the business? And I really like the business because it shows promising growth. And I like the the black, black, blacksmith, but 
you know, blacksmith is a person. And so what happens if that person becomes ill, can't run the business, then because the business and a person are one and the same, that's going to be problematic for the bank and its loan. So eventually, so eventually what became more practical was to be able to look at a business as something more or less independent of the person or persons who started the business and who ran the business. We get into the establishment of legal forms of business where legally there is an entity set up that can do the business of the business, can enter into contracts, can um, own things, can be responsible for things legally. And in most cases, that takes place separately from the assets of the business owner uh, themselves. Even though Mitt Romney got a lot of heat for talking about how corporations are, biz are people too, in reality, that's really what developed. That is, a corporation was set up to be able to act like a person, to enter into contracts, to make and spend money separate and apart from the actual people that were involved in that, uh, in that business. This is being brought to you by MBA in a Day 2.0. Why spend years and $50,000 when you can get the recently updated classic business bestseller with easy-to-understand business principles and concepts, the same as those taught in top-tier MBA programs? Listeners to this broadcast can save $5 off the $19.95 retail price by going to mbaanaday.com and entering the code MBA 2.0. Let's start, though, with the simplest form of business, and we'll come back to the uh, corporation in, in just a minute. But the simplest form of a business is a uh, sole proprietorship, and that indeed is when the the business and the person are one and the same. There is no separation of assets. This type of, or this form of organization is, is so simple that you really don't have to do much to uh, formalize it. You could start a business today just using your own personal checking account and start your business. Now, you may need to file for some licenses to operate. If it's a particular type of business, you may also have to um, uh, file as a business and start paying uh, sales taxes on the things that you sell. But in terms of formalizing the business itself, a sole proprietorship is, is simply where you start doing business. So a lot of people, when they first start out, that's how they, quote, form, unquote, their business. And a lot of us, you know, have, let's say, uh, we are really good at 
grooming dogs. And um, so we groom our neighbor's dogs, and pretty soon people start coming over to our house and want us to groom their dogs, shampoo them, and so on. And so before you know it, we got a business in uh, uh, grooming and uh, shampooing, taking care of dogs. And the money that we receive doing that is really uh, considered personal income. And so we, uh, we conduct this sole proprietorship pretty much as our own business. Now, one, one kind of caveat is that um, the Internal Revenue Service is not got a good sense of humor when it comes to these hobby-type businesses because it doesn't take long for a person to figure out that if this little side business that we're doing doesn't make any money and we can um, attribute certain personal expenses to this sole proprietorship business, the IRS feels like they're getting shortchanged from income taxes that you would ordinarily be paying. And so you may want to think about something called the hobby loss rule, which says that if you're little business does not produce a profit in a certain number of years or so many years within so many other years, that business uh, is really not a business and uh, they may disallow the expenses that you have been charging against your revenue to create losses that uh, reduce your personal income tax. So sole proprietorship when you file your income taxes, the way that you account for your business is in a usually a Schedule C as part of the regular 1040, where you do show your revenues and expenses. And if there is a loss in your Schedule C section, then that loss does offset uh, income that you may receive from other so sources. And so uh, your sole proprietorship is very much uh, superimposed over your personal income, your personal income taxes, and you essentially use your social security number as the taxpayer number for your sole proprietor business. But let's get to the real problem with a sole proprietorship. And that is that, remember I mentioned that in a sole proprietorship, it's really you and the business are one and the same. And so that also means that you're liable for what happens with your business. And not only are you liable from a financial standpoint, but also you're liable for, for let's say, there may be uh, litigation that's brought against your business. And if you're a sole proprietorship, then that litigation is brought against your business, which also happens to be you yourself. 
So there is a great amount of personal liability that goes along with this sole proprietorship thing. And so that's why most business people, when they are really serious about going into business, choose some sort of legal form that has limited liability. So aside from the sole proprietorship, now most of the types of entities I'm going to talk about from now on feature some sort of protection against liability when it comes to the business side of things. There's also just one minor footnote uh, to the notion of personal liability, and that is that partnerships, pure partnerships, also have liability that is of a personal nature. And because of that, uh, very few pure partnerships are formed in today's world. In talking to several uh, CPAs and uh, financial planners and so on, financial advisors, they, uh, they all tell me that it's been years since they've ever uh, created a pure partnership because while the sole proprietorship, you are responsible for the obligations of the business because the business and uh, your assets are one and the same, it really doubles, double down, gets doubled down in partnerships because in a partnership, you and your partners are responsible for each other's liabilities. So if you go into a pure partnership and the business doesn't go well and you have creditors that are seeking to um, be uh, paid and your partner doesn't have any assets, then because you are the other partner, those creditors can uh, seek relief from you even though you've got a partner that probably from the outset you thought you were going to be 50-50 on everything. So uh, pure partnerships are uh, a um, pr very problematic way to, uh, to form a business and uh, fall into the same kind of category of being uh, troubling because of the liability uh, both personally and for the business. So, so let's look at now the more common sense way of forming a business. And we'll, we'll start with just a pure corporation. So uh, before we go through all of these, though, understand that corporations, legal entities, are creatures of the state that uh, is being used to form the company. Now, you don't have to choose a state where you are actually living or even doing business in to form your corporation. Out of convenience, most people 
will form a corporation in the state that they happen to live in. But we'll see in just a second that there are some uh, preferential states uh, to choose for starting a business as a corporation. But let's talk first about this idea of limited liability that is uh, inherent in the corporate form. The legal liability simply means, as we've been talking about uh, in the um, adverse sense with sole proprietorships, uh, the liability protection means that if a corporation signs a contract, then Whoever is on the other side of that contract only has the assets of the corporation to look to if the contract is not fulfilled. And therefore, the people that are involved in that corporation are more or less immune, let's say, or they their personal assets are separated from the assets of the of the company of the corporation so that becomes a very important um, attribute a very attractive attribute of forming a corporation now it doesn't mean that by simply forming a corporation you are totally immune especially in cases of you know negligence fraud um, you know if you do bad stuff through a corporation then very likely the affected party can what is referred to is pierce the corporate veil and reach through that veil and look to the personal assets uh, if there are you know these conditions of uh, illegal behavior uh, on the part of the people in the corporation but in general um, the corporate form does provide this very important element of protection from uh, personal asset seizure and where the corporation as a signatory is pledging its corporate assets to satisfy whatever uh, obligation that they are about to engage in. Thank you for listening to this episode of MBA in a Day. Why spend years and $50,000 when you can get the recently updated classic business bestseller with easy-to-understand business principles and concepts, the same as those taught in top-tier MBA programs? For listeners to this broadcast, you can save $5 off the $19.95 retail price by going to mbaanaday.com and entering the code MBA 2.0.